Since the beginning of time, farming has played a crucial role in society. But do farming and Christianity intersect? Hi, I'm Joel Moutre, and you're listening to the Learn and Share podcast. In today's episode, I speak with Seth Schaefer and Aubrey Seiler on farming, Christianity, and more. Aubrey and Seth, thank you so much for, for joining the podcast. And today we're going to talk about farming. And uh, many people say, like, what, farming? That just sounds like something that they used to do, our great-grandparents used to do before World War II. Um, But obviously we still need food, and I believe that God, and you believe that God wants farming to be uh, brought back as a means of ministering to other people and as well as growing our church and to to mentor our young people. So before we do that, though, um, before we go into the questions, why don't we start with you, Seth? Just tell us um, how you got into farming and uh, why you love it and why you're doing it. Well, I, I always wanted to be a farmer, and so growing up, uh, I was born in uh, South Florida in a city, and uh, obviously that's a city. You don't have a lot of agriculture happening right there, but that bug was always in my the back of part of my brain. It's like, I want to be a farmer one day, and my parents were like, Seth, there's no way we can be farmers. We don't have the money to buy 10,000 acres of land and combines and tractors and all this stuff, uh, because at that point in time, that was our understanding of agriculture. And so I was like, well, okay. So that, that was still in the back of my mind. And so I, I continued growing and we move up to Tennessee and probably as any, any young kid, I want a horse. And uh, my parents are like, well, we don't have the land right now, but, but maybe, maybe. Uh, and so I keep, I keep going after them. I want a horse. I want a horse. So finally we get a horse or I get a horse and uh, I was like, well, okay. So he's got a horse now. We need someplace to put it. So we went ahead and bought uh, 24 acres of property. I was like, oh, we got 24 acres now. So we devoted a large part of it to the horse. And then with the horse came chickens and goats and sheep and alpacas and llamas and all that good stuff. But still, we have a we have a very large area to grow produce in. And we've always had a garden for ourselves. But it's like every year that we were there, that garden kept expanding a little bit more, a little bit more, wanting to try new things out. And finally, one year, it's like, there are way too many vegetables for us to eat, for us to can, for us to freeze. We should probably look into doing a farmer's market. And uh, my ears kind of perk up at that. I was like, oh, does that mean we're farmers? (laughs) And so we had a a family meeting, uh, and my parents, at that point, they were like, you know, we had all learned a little bit more about farming. And we were like, you know, if if we want to do this, that's great, but we're going to have to actually pitch in and do this, each one of us. Uh, at that point, I was a senior in college, uh, and I was taking the one agriculture class that Southern Adventist University offered. And so, uh, needless to say, I'm getting agriculture at school. My parents are not talking about starting a farm. I'm like, oh man, this is heaven on earth. So, uh, needless to say, we, we went for it. Uh, that year, we went to a, a couple of small farmers markets, nothing major. And then the next year, we really scaled up. And so we started going to the, the one main farmers market in the area. And uh, I guess you could say as far as from a home perspective, that, that the rest is kind of history. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Aubrey, why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience, but also tie in a little bit what maybe God has to say about it and the Spirit of Prophecy has to say about why we should be involved with farming and your experience. Yeah, sure. Actually, that was, I hadn't heard Seth's story before, and so listening to his story, I was like, wow, that's kind of sort of what happened in our scenario, um, except it was my younger brother who was taking the initiative. He apparently had farming in his genes somewhere, and uh, 
he he started into it when he was about 14 and he's like at that point it was gardening there's a big difference between gardening and farming and maybe we'll address that in a little bit um and I wasn't really sold on the whole thing. I was going on the track towards uh, doing videography and design. And I actually went out to Weimar um, to do a media internship out there. And while I was out there, I started reading the book Education. And I was really convicted about what the book Education had to say about the importance of a lifestyle centered around the land. And... Um, it was actually when I was out there at Weimar reading through the book Education that I decided that I wanted to jump in with my brother and get on this farming bandwagon. So, thank you so much for sharing. Seth, you work at Southern, with Southern Adventist University now. Give us a little details of what you do and how you got into that. Okay. So, yes, I run the farm at Southern Adventist University, and how I got into that was uh, I graduated uh, from Southern with a BA in History. And obviously my parents are, are starting this farm at home. I'm very heavily involved in helping them with that. And it's like, okay, so is there any education in agriculture outside of like a BA or something to do with high school or whatnot? Because I'm not doing another BA. I'm, I'm done with my four years of college. I've served my time. And so I started looking online and I found that there was an online master's program in sustainable agriculture through Green Mountain College. I was like, hey, this is perfect. I can do my master's online, and I can still work at home at the farm, and maybe I can find a job uh, in the area so that way I can pay for the master's. So um, I got a job at Southern. I'm doing the master's, and I had taken this one agriculture class when I was there as a student. Mindy and Philip Weigel were the people that were were running that class uh, within the international development major. And so they got a call to go to the MENA Union, and they're like, well, we can find somebody to teach international development. That's a piece of cake. But when it comes to the agriculture class, you kind of need some type of background and experience to do that. There was already a small high tunnel and a quarter-acre farm already on campus that they had started with the class. They're like, Seth, you're getting your master's. You're going to have the credentials to teach at the BA level. Are you interested in this? I tried to not let the drool come out too heavily because I had been itching to get my hands on the farm. And so I was like, yes, I, I, I would love to run the farm. It's like, well, if you're going to run the farm, you have to teach the class too. It's like, why not? Bring it on. So I teach the agriculture class there every fall semester, and then I run the farm uh, year-round. We're a four-season farm, which means that we grow during every season of the year. So like right now, we have your lettuce, collards, kale, Swiss chard, spinach, uh, those types of crops growing. And then in the summer, we obviously have all your summer produce. Aubrey, you know, somebody might be listening to this and they might be like, oh, that's cool. That's great. Those are your testimonies, et cetera, you know, but I didn't grow up, you know, like, I want to do this. I want to do that. You know, tell us a little bit about the benefits. And also maybe touch on the different, I mean, obviously gardening and farming is a little bit different. You can also sell your garden produce. It's more, more like for personal use, et cetera. And this is not just about farming, this episode. It's just about agriculture in general and the benefits for the person as well as for a, a means of missions. Um, tell us about the benefits of being involved with gardening and farming uh, for, the se- for oneself and also in missions. So the benefits of being involved in agriculture at any level for yourself, um, I'd say one of the first benefits is the fact that you get to eat fresh food. The food that we get in our grocery stores 
is not fresh. Usually it's, it's an average of two weeks old and it's traveled over 1,500 miles to get to that location. And so the flavor of food out of your home garden or out of your farm is going to be million times better than what you get in the store. And of course, the higher nutritional value and all those kinds of things. Also, if you're being physically active outside, there's huge benefits that come from that physically as well as mentally, emotionally. I've had a lot of benefits from that. Um, I know sometimes when I've been working on GYC stuff for so long, it's really nice to just be able to set my computer aside and go outside and work and prep a bed or plant something or, you know, it's just like clears your brain and makes your back bet feel better and those kinds of things. As far as from a mission aspect, I, you know, we've been involved in agriculture for the last six years or so. And so that's a question that we're constantly asking ourselves is how can we take this to the next level as far as mission? Because there's so many ways you can be engaged in mission with farming, whether that's who you interact with with your personal clients, whether it's we've had so many people approach us asking us to do um, presentations on agriculture, so an educational component. With that, you can start bringing in ideas about creation and the, uh, the world that God has created and, and being good stewards of the land that God's given us. And so very slowly, in fact, one time, my brother and I were asked to come present at a Native American uh, youth meeting. They had a bunch of uh, young people coming together and they asked us to come do a presentation on, on agriculture. And we got to interact with them and explain basically our faith, essentially, and how that impacts our agriculture and taking care of our bodies, taking care of our families, taking care of the land that God gives us. And I mean, how in the world would you ever have a conversation with a bunch of teenage Native American kids, you know, about being Christians, essentially? Uh, so that's just kind of one example of what you can do with it as a, a mission avenue. Seth, tell us a quick story, an example of how agriculture, being involved, getting your hands dirty, has benefited you spiritually. Maybe even take us to a, a certain time, a certain place when you were maybe discouraged or just how it's benefited you. Seth, tell us a story about how gardening and getting your hands dirty has benefited you spiritually or emotionally or physically. When I was really young, I always wanted to be outside. For the very beginning years of my life, I was born in a city. I was starting to be raised in a city. So there's not really a lot of area for a little kid to tear out the front door and go running around. Thankfully, all that changed once we moved to Tennessee. And with agriculture, it's like, you know, going through college, having taken the agriculture class, and even today when I'm teaching it, you're able to work in an office for X amount of hours during the day, and then, oh, it's class time. So you head outside, and you're able to leave everything that you were doing, and you're able to get active. You're able to, you know, it's like it's been a, it's been a busy day working. I don't really want to think about that meeting that I have tomorrow um, or this thing that I have to prep or whatnot. But hey, for an hour and 15 minutes, I get to be outside with my class, with my crew, and, you know, we get to pick strawberries in the spring. I mean, how cool is that? You know, it's like an, an instant gratification. It's like you get out there and it's like, oh man, the sweetness when you're eating the stuff. It's like it, it changes your perspective on life because like you're getting fresh air, sunlight, you're getting to move, and you're getting to eat some really good produce. Just like Aubrey said, anything you eat, just about anything you eat, uh, from your garden is going to taste 10 times better than anything that comes from the store. And so I would say for me, it's, it's, you get to leave the drudgery of being indoors and it's like, well, okay, is it sunny? Is it windy? You are able to step outside and it's like that, that boost of energy that just hits you because you're outside and you're actually able to physically work. 
Aubrey, for a listener who listens to this and say, you know what, like I'm tired of being cooped up inside um, and I want to get involved in farming or I want to get involved in gardening, maybe even just starting a little little bed in your window, uh, maybe just growing some you know, parsley in a, in a little pot in your, in your kitchen window. What can they do to get involved? How can they get started? Like literally, what do they do? What do they Google? What do they look up? Yeah, starting small is really important. Um, there are many ways that you can get started. Um, if you've never done any kind of growing before and you don't really want to get into like hardcore agriculture, you just want to do something for yourself, you can do stuff in pots. That's a really great way. I know people who do like a tomato plant in a pot and they, they grow that during the summertime and they get it, the fresh tomatoes from their pot or basil. Depending on where you are, basil can grow really, really well. You want to plant something that gives you encouragement. Sometimes you can plant things and it dies and you're just like, oh, forget it, you know? Low-maintenance plants yeah. to start off with. Which tomatoes necessarily, well, anyways, that can, we can get complicated here. But yeah, start small. Start with really simple steps. You could Google it. YouTube it has great resources for, you know, how to grow this or how to grow that. My brother spends a lot of time on YouTube like, hey, I've got trouble with this. What do I look and put it in there. Hey, how to grow a tomato plant in a pot and start there, even if it's one plant and just give it a shot and, and then scale up. Cause I find that when we start big, we usually fail big and then we don't ever want to do it again. Yeah. Some people like myself have this mentality. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. You know, uh, I'm a podcaster. So like when I start a podcast, I got to get all the expensive gear. When in reality, you can just start simple and easy and you can learn and it's okay to start small. Um, you don't need to, you know, be pro you know, producing produce for Whole Foods right off the bat, you know. Exactly. <laughs> you won't. It will not happen. No. It takes it takes practice. And what's really cool about that is that that teaches you the lessons of patience, for example, is that you have to do that. Uh, Seth, what's an object lesson? Like one of your favorite object lessons that teaches you about God's character, about his love, or any other spiritual object lesson that you have received from just being outside in the garden? Well, I think with agriculture, not only are you able to work with your hands, but every year it's something different. Every season it's something different. So you can have, let's say, five different crops that you're growing out there. One of those crops is going to fail. You don't know which. It's going to fail. You don't really have any control over that. But it fails. It's like, okay, I have four other crops that I can fall back on. The next year you go out there and you plant those same five crops again and the crop that failed on you last year it goes bonkers you have okra coming out of your ears and i think for me the spiritual lesson in that is it's just like us god has a, has a plan for our lives and he's like okay so i want you to do xyz well guess what we just bombed that plan royally god's like okay that's fine if you're willing to work with me we'll give that shot we'll give that plan another shot and hopefully next year next month 10 years down the road, that plan will, will be accomplished. So it's that, for me, I equate it as being like, you know, me as a farmer, I can't really give up on my crops. I have to figure out how can I best grow this? Same way with God. He's looking at us, okay, so how, what's the best way that I can work with this person? And he tries different ways, different avenues of approaching us. And if we're, if we're willing to uh, be worked on by him, then, then it's gonna be a success. What about you, Aubrey? I think the first object lesson that popped to my mind is weeds and the power of cultivation. When I heard cultivation growing up, I always thought, I didn't, wasn't exactly sure what that is, but it, cultivation is making sure that you take care of the weeds when they're small. 
because if you don't take care of the weeds when they're small, they're going to be so much harder to take care of when they're big. And it's just like sin in our lives. If we can, you know, make the, ch the right choice when the wrong temptation presents itself, it's so much easier than just leaving it and letting it grow in our hearts. And then it's so much harder to kick later. So when you've been growing your stuff, tell us about selling your stuff. Uh, maybe give us an example of an interaction that you have with somebody and that you were able to be a blessing to them when you're out there promoting your, pro your produce. Some of the produce that we grow at Thatcher goes to different restaurants. And so a lot of the times, if you're interacting with chefs, you're getting to interact with people that are a little, little bit rough on the edges. Uh, they use every word in the book. They, they yeah, they're, they're a special type of person. Let's put it that way. And so uh, usually, you know, when I come in the very first time, you know, I've got my card and it says Thatcher Farm at Southern Adventist University. So they read the card and it's like, Adventist, aren't you those people that, that you're real healthy, you, you eat your greens, you don't eat any meat, yada, yada, yada. And so that right there, that opens the door. And it's like, yes, in, in, a, in a nutshell, yes, we are those people, but it's so much more than that. And so I'm able to very briefly give a, a, a synopsis, shall we say, of what it means to be an Adventist and, and what it means to have God in your life. And I guess for me, I don't try to, to preach it. I just try to do it more like in a conversation style of, of setting like we're doing now and just leave it at that. And if they have more questions, they're definitely going to ask them. They're chefs. They're not shy. Um, but otherwise, you know, maybe that's the end of the conversation. But there's been, in my mind, there's been a seed that's been planted. And what happens to that seed after that? Well, that's up to God. A seed that's been planted, no pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> what are some aspects of farming that you would say is like the hardest thing? Uh, the challenges if somebody's listening to this and you're like you know what i do want to try to grow something at home or even like start a farm i want to go into agriculture what are some uh, lessons that you've learned some challenges what's the hardest thing that that you could let them know so that they know ahead of time i would say one of the hardest things about being in farming more as a career or as a lifestyle is the fact that it is so time consuming and you have plants that rely on you for survival in many ways, whether that's water or fertilization or weeding or harvesting. There's so many different ways that you engage with your with your plants and if you you can't just up and leave. And I know a lot of our generation, we like to be able to just jump up and go whenever we want to. Order fresh produce on Amazon or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And being a farmer requires a tremendous amount of dedication. Uh, if you're doing it, you know, more for a career, if you're doing it a garden, you know, or your pot, plant in a pot, it's not as much time and dedication. But if you're going into it, realize you are going to spend pretty much your life working with it because it's, it is, it's a, it's a 24-7 job really, in a lot of ways. What's your favorite thing about farming? I think one of my favorite things about farming is interacting with my clients. Um, I love being outside, and I love working with my hands, but the people interaction right now, it, where we are at in our business stage, we interact directly with our, with our clients. And so every week, I see 40 to 60 people that I would have no other reason to see otherwise. 
and being able to have conversation with them, get to know them better, get to see how much they're enjoying our produce, uh, get to see how much they own the farm themselves. Like it's like, oh yeah, that's our farm. It's Better Together Farm. Like those are our farmers. I mean, that's really fun. And then it, the friendships that build from there. So whether it's like we had a client that passed away this spring and they invited us to come to the funeral we went to the funeral and there were a whole bunch of our other clients that were there because everybody seems to know each other um and you know they're just like oh wow you kids came out it's like that means a lot to them um coming to our christmas concerts coming to our house to share supper with us i mean building those friendships and relationships all because we can offer them something to eat that we've grown ourselves. It gives you the umph to keep going and to be willing to keep putting in that kind of dedication. Seth, what is some aspects of farming that would surprise the listeners? I think one of the things that still surprises me to this day is you can do all the planning you you can do. You know, you, you prepare for the coming season, you get your beds ready, you order your seeds, you make a schedule for when you're going to plant stuff so you have a continual harvest and then the middle of the season comes and you have 30 different things that all have to be done now you have 30 different crops that need to be harvested uh you need to stake those tomatoes you need to uh do more fertilization for the squash plants uh you need to get the next round of squash started you need to get the third round of squash in the ground all this has to happen today or else you're going to be late crops are going to die it's just one thing after another. And every year it just amazes me of the ton of different things that you need to do. So I think time management is, is very, very critical. I love how many, how many object lessons and life character building lessons there seems to be with gardening. Um, there's, lo- there's lessons that we can find anywhere in life. But it seems like really that God is using, I mean, even Jesus uses agriculture as illustrations all the time. And uh, it just so many lessons about patience, about, you know, planning ahead and, character building and the hard work ethic that you learn from doing these things in closing let's let's turn it spiritual let's spiritualize um farming and, and agriculture a little bit specifically when it comes to the three angels messages god has called us to take the messages to the world god uses farming as an illustration for you know he says literally i'm going to reap the harvest he's going to come with a sickle right um let's ask the practical question first and then let's uh, spiritualize uh, and, and draw a lesson from it but how does farming actually help spread the three angels messages i think one of the ways and this is always something that kind of that i get a little bit maybe it's one of my pet peeves or one of my frustrations is that within the christian community at large there seems to be an incredible lack of a stewardly mentality and within the three angels message there's the idea of worshiping a god who's created the heavens and the earth and with that creator came the command to take care of the world that we have and I know as Seventh-day Adventists we believe that the world is soon you know to meet its end and Christ is going to come but in the meantime not only are we to preach the message of a crucified risen and soon coming savior but we're also supposed to lead by how we live our lives uh, lives that exemplify such good stewardship of our of our world, the land that we've been given to taking care of, of our animals, of our families, of our bodies, you know, so it's kind of like this living example that you actually, I think Seventh-day Adventist should be at the top of when it comes to when someone looks at them and they say, those are some people who care 
about their land. They care about their bodies. They care about their communities. Because farming is, it's not just about having a piece of land that you grow on. It's about the way you believe. It's about the things that you prioritize in your life and that you, you care about your family. You, don't wanna, you wanna make sure they're healthy physically and mentally and emotionally. You care about your community. You care about your local church. You care about the land and the animal. I mean, it's just like there's so many things. It's like it's almost like being able to live part of the three angels' message every single day of your life because you believe that God created the heavens and earth. Therefore, you're going to live in a certain way. I think one of the biggest things I've, I've discovered growing up is that you're always being watched. It doesn't matter what you're doing. And so with that knowledge, it's like, okay, so I have the opportunity to show the world what it means to be a good steward. You know, not just of the land that I'm growing on, not just of the crops, but of my own body. You know, if I'm, if I'm out at the farmer's market and, man, it's, it, it's been a long day, it's been a hot day, I'm hungry and I'm thirsty. So I'm going to go get my, my Diet Coke and I'm going to go get the, the greasiest piece of food I can find from one of the food trucks. And I'm going to be eating that. And then somebody comes by and they're like, so why should I be purchasing your, your, your bell peppers or whatnot? It's like, well, you know, they're, they're healthier for you. And they see me eating and drinking really nasty, disgusting stuff. It's like, it's healthier for me, but why are you eating that? Ooh, you know, that, that's kind of like a slap in the face. So trying to make sure that what I do for myself personally is exactly following what I'm trying to preach in my message of eating healthy and taking care of your body. In closing, we want to spiritualize this object lesson. The Bible says the harvest is plentiful, literally, uh, but the labors are few. In the gospel work, but also in farming, there's not a lot of Adventists, there's not a lot of Christian farmers out there. Um, give us a, a, a couple sentence appeal to young people to get involved, to serve God in general, but, but specifically in the area of agriculture. Well, I think it's, it's pretty simple. If, if you're looking for a career move that is going to challenge you both mentally and physically, then I think agriculture is probably the, the route that you should take. It's going to challenge you physically in that you're going to have to go out there and you're going to have to work the land. And even if you have a tractor, you're still going to have to make sure those implements are put on there. And there's a ton of handwork that is going to go on with, with hoeing your rows in places that the tractor can't get into. You're going to have to haul uh, heavy loads of fertilizer or water or other amendments around your, your farm or your garden. It's going to challenge you mentally because you've got to do a lot of planning. You've got to uh, work with customers that maybe they're not all that appreciative of, of the product that you have there, and maybe they're really going to rub you the wrong way. And if you want to truly be a Christian and act like a Christian, you can't, um, you can't just let them have it. You have to, you have to maintain your cool and, in, in I think a very, very much a literal sense, act like Jesus would, and just maintain that calm, calm demeanor, which sometimes is not very easy to do. Yeah, we have the organic food industry, non-GMO veganic, vegan, all of these things are really becoming popular with our generation, um, especially on the coast, but even across, I mean, I live in Podunkville, Oklahoma, and it's becoming something that people are, the food industry as we know it is, it is a pretty sorry situation, and the world is crying out for something better, 
And when you look, when I look around at the people who are actually doing it, not everyone, but most of the people, they're in, they're not Christian. They're, they're into new age stuff or the cults or all these kinds of different things. I mean, being a farmer, those are the kinds of people we interact with that are, you know, our, our peers. So having a Christian young person with the ideas and the values of Christianity, it, we need to take take agriculture back from really the world or in many ways the devil because it's highly spiritualized. We we listen to, uh, there's a really great resource that we listen to every year that talks about the food industry and food and what we need to do as far as growing and all these kinds of things. And yet they weave in all this new age spiritualism stuff everywhere you turn, be it yoga, be it meditation, all these kinds of things. It's time we rise up and we have counsel from, you know, 150 years ago saying Avenist need this is a call to us to to get and serious there is nothing demeaning about being involved in agriculture I, I, the last six years has taught me that being involved in agriculture you need to be extremely intelligent you need to be extremely business savvy you're not you know we have this picture that farming is for maybe the less intellectually capable or you know I, you get the vision of the man in the straw hat and the overalls and the you know it's no god is calling for a breed of avenous christian farmers that can just show the world what agriculture is really supposed to be like so if that challenge appeals to you, this is something you should consider. One of the resources that is really a great way to get started or get connected with other Avenist young people, actually, who believe in this is the Avenist Agricultural Association. We have a conference every year. We also have a website that is continuing to be developed. Um, but the goal of that is to, to rally a movement really of young people who have a passion not only for their faith and god but for the world so that would be a good place to start it's avenistag.org is the website you can check it out you could also hit up seth and myself on facebook if you have any questions we'd be happy to talk with you that way as well and yeah it's it's a journey gotta take it slow but why not right thank you thanks for listening don't forget to hit subscribe and share this episode with your friends to learn more, check us out at learnandsharepodcast.com.